Welcome to this week's Energy Show. Well, we're talking about the increasingly apparent global warming emergency. Boy, I couldn't, you know, look at a website, look at a magazine, pick up a newspaper over the last week or two and not see fires and high temperatures and things like that. Yeah, to that point, interesting factoid. Death Valley recorded the hottest month ever recorded on Earth. It averaged 108.1 degrees day and night all of the July 2018. And that beat last year's hottest ever month, which also was in July on Earth, by 0.5 degrees. That's the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth for a month. Now, interesting, also, July 2018 recorded the record high temperatures on every single continent in the Northern Hemisphere. I'm like, well, what about the Southern Hemisphere? And then you realize, oh, heck, it's winter in the Southern Hemisphere, so you're not going to have record high temperatures. But anyway, this is not just a U.S.-only story. It's a worldwide issue. And that's why politicians all over the world and policymakers and leaders, leaders, created the Paris Climate Agreement, which every country in the world joined except for Syria. Every country in the world joined it except for Syria. Think about that. And then our President Trump withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement on June 1st, 2017. And then later in 2017, Syria decided to join the agreement. So right now, the U.S. is the only country in the world not a signatory to the Paris Climate Agreement, which the intention of which is to avoid a global warming emergency. And, you know, I'm kind of talking about this, the topic of this show, it's time to panic because we're not doing anything about it. The global climate is clearly getting worse. I'm calling it global warming now because that's what it is. It's not, yes, it's climate change. And the climate change that's happening isn't, the world is getting hotter and it's really clear. So according to the ongoing temperature analyses conducted by scientists at NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, the average global temperature on Earth has increased by about 0.8 degrees Celsius, which is 1.4 degrees Fahrenheit, since 1880. So 130 years ago or so. Two-thirds of the warming has occurred since 1975 at a rate of roughly 0.15 to 0.2 degrees centigrade per decade. So it's speeding up, and that's the way natural processes usually work. That's why it's time to panic. So instead of kind of summarizing issues and things like that, you know, because you know, every, everybody's biased, I'm just going to look at some headlines that, that I read over the last week. And these are headlines in both liberal and conservative publications. So it's both perspectives. Now, not surprisingly, even the conservative publications have come to the conclusion that the climate is changing. They don't call it global warming, but it's global climate change. And they're also agreeing that the cause is from burning fossil fuels. So we'll start out with the liberal Salon magazine, their headline. It's time to start panicking about climate change. It's time for us to panic about global warming. Indeed, a proper state of panic is long overdue. Yet this is one of those issues in which, because there are so many twists and turns and overwhelming details, it's easy to lose sight of, of a crucial fact. If we do not resolve the problem of man-made climate change, it could quite literally spell the end of human civilization. Maybe that'll be a long time from now, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. Right, so I, I get to quote these articles, and I'm going to editorialize a little bit. Okay. Well, what did the Wall Street Journal say? They're a very well-regarded conservative publication. They had a comment. Climate change has run its course. This is an interesting article. Quote, climate change is over. 
No, I'm not saying the climate will not change in the future or that human influence on the climate is negligible. I mean simply that climate change is no longer a preeminent policy issue. All that remains is boilerplate rhetoric from the political class, frivolous nuisance lawsuits, and bureaucratic mandates on behalf of special interest renewable energy rent seekers. I resemble that remark. I'm kind of happy that California decided to put a mandate in place for rooftop solar for new construction. It makes a lot of good economic sense. And as far as the boilerplate rhetoric, I mean, I think the guy that wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal should look out the window in California because today it's smoky and those fires are 100 miles away from here. But the biggest fire ever in California history is now burning. Could be coincidence. Most people don't agree. All right. What did The Economist say? Great publication. I don't know whether they're liberal or conservative. I'm just going to call them British. Here's their headline. In the line of fire, losing the war against climate change. Rising energy demand means use of fossil fuels is heading in the wrong direction. Earth is smoldering. From Seattle to Siberia this summer, flames have consumed swaths of the northern hemisphere. One of 18 wildfires sweeping through California, among the worst in the state's history, now it's the worst, is generating such heat that it created its own weather. Fires that ravaged through a coastal area near Athens last week killed 91 people. Elsewhere, people are suffocating in the heat. Roughly 125 have died in Japan as a result of a heat wave that pushed temperatures in Tokyo above 40 degrees centigrade for the first time. Such calamities, once freakish, are now commonplace. Scientists have long cautioned that as the planet warms, it is roughly one degree C hotter than before the industrial age's first furnaces were lit. Weather patterns will go berserk. An early analysis has found that this sweltering European summer would have been less than half as likely were it not for human-induced global warming. Okay, all right. Let's see what Fox News says. A very, very uh, popular conservative news publication and, and TV network. Science says record heat fires worsened by climate change. Heat waves are setting all-time temperature records across the globe again. Europe suffered its deadliest fire in more than a century, and one of nearly 90 large large fires in the U.S. West burned dozens of homes and forced the evacuation of at least 37,000 people near Redding, California. It's much worse now. Flood-induced downpours have pounded the U.S. East Coast this week. It's all part of summer, but it's all being made worse by human-caused climate change, scientists say. I'm glad that Fox News is quoting science, and they're not disputing it. Okay. What does CNN say? Yeah, one of my favorite networks. Some people call it fake news. That's not true. They're terrific. All right, their headline. Our climate plans are in pieces as killer summer shreds records. Deadly fires have scorched swaths of the northern hemisphere this summer, from California to Arctic Sweden and down to Greece on the sunny Mediterranean. Drought in Europe has turned verdant land barren, while people in Japan and Korea are dying from record-breaking heat. Climate change is here and is affecting the entire globe, not just the polar bears or tiny islands vulnerable to rising sea levels, scientists say. It is on the doorsteps of everyday Americans, Europeans, and Asians, and the best evidence shows it will get much worse. Yeah, doorsteps. You look out the window, it's smoky. The air in in California right now is worse than the air in Beijing and Shanghai. Okay, what do our leaders say? Well, Trump points fingers on wildfires. This was a tweet from the president recently. The president on Sunday placed blame on California's environmental laws for the worsening wildfires raging across the state that have left several people dead. Quote, this is from President Trump's tweet. California wildfires are being magnified and made so much worse by the bad environmental laws, which aren't allowing massive amounts of readily available water to be properly utilized. 
President Trump tweeted. It is being diverted into the Pacific Ocean. Must also tree clear to stop fire spreading. Trump this weekend approved a major disaster declaration in California that would impart help with recovery costs in the affected areas. That's great. Governor Jerry Brown's office announced this is part of a trend, a new normal that we have got to deal with, Brown said Saturday of the wildfires. Democrats, for their part, have been wary of directly connecting extreme weather as the latest sign of climate change. Well, I'm connecting it. I'm a Republican. It's pretty obvious. Just look out the window. All right. Now, Peter Glick of the Pacific Institute, one of California's foremost experts on how the state manages its water, commented recently on Trump's tweet. Quote, in an email to Politico, Glick noted that water that flows from California's rivers and the ocean is what remains after cities and farms take their gulp, and that these flows are critical to shoring up ecosystems that, in some parts of the state, are teetering on the brink of collapse. Trump's tweets last night and today show a profound misunderstanding about water, fires, California environmental policy, and of course, climate change. Glake said, adding that the idea that somehow state water policies are leading to a shortage of water for fighting the fires is too stupid to rebut. I don't know. I just was watching TV yesterday and and this morning looking at these fires in Mendocino, and there's helicopters and big firefighting planes dropping fire retardants. They're not dropping water. Fire retardants are a lot more effective, and there's also plenty of water if, if they need it. Obviously, there's a difference of opinion about global warming. Weather's inherently chaotic and unsteady and variable, so it's not impossible that warming is just a fluke. It could just be a bizarre coincidence. But 97% of climate scientists have concluded that the Earth is warming, and this warming is caused by burning fossil fuels. I mean, you can tell it's warming. We look at the thermometer, and the conclusion is it's caused by burning fossil fuels by man. Now, there are still some skeptics. There's that 3% of the people. But the research shows that the greater the climate expertise among these surveyed scientists, the more that they know about climate, the higher the consensus on human-caused global warming. And you know, the, con- the converse is the, the less climate expertise they have, the more likely they are to say that humans aren't causing this global warming. So, you know, like kooky, you know, non-tenured scientists are saying it's not happening. I wouldn't really put as much faith in them as the Nobel laureates. Okay. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, we call them NOAA, human activities have increased the natural concentration of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere, amplifying the Earth's natural greenhouse effect. They probably all know this. I'm just reiterating. Here's, but very simply, fossil fuels emit CO2. We learned that in chemistry. CO2 in the atmosphere traps heat. The global average amount of carbon dioxide hit a record high in 2017, 405 parts per million. The annual rate of increase in atmospheric carbon dioxide over the past 60 years is about 100 times faster than previous natural increases, such as those that occurred at the end of the last ice age, uh, 11,000 to 17,000 years ago. Yeah, we do these ice age cores. We look at carbon dioxide in ice that's 10,000, 15,000 years ago, and we see it did sometimes go up. But what's happening now is it's 100 times faster. It doesn't really take a lot of you know brilliance to kind of figure out. You know, We've been burning wood, coal, oil, gas, And that's creating a lot of carbon dioxide. Okay. 
evidence of global warming clearly visible it's hot we have fires we have floods we have hurricanes worse than ever and we also have extreme weather now it's kind of you know not that easy to statistically approve that the extreme weather events huge snowstorms huge hurricanes are caused by global warming but once again temperature has a big effect warmer air carries more moisture more moisture means more storms you get a humid day on really when it's hot and there's moisture in the air it's really dry in the winter when it's really cold so when the air gets hotter the air can hold more moisture more water and those storms can be more severe they're going to dump in that water on the land okay now the other thing to remember is nature is not linear this is kind of a scary fact many natural processes happen slowly initially then accelerate rapidly two-thirds of the warming that has occurred since 1975 at a rate of roughly 0.15 to 0.2 degrees C per decade. That's going to increase again. The Earth, as the Earth temperature warms up, the polar ice caps slowly melt, the sea level rises, the Earth gets hotter, more ice melts. It's a process that accelerates. The ocean currents are going to change, and they're slowing down in the Gulf Stream. The air and sea temperatures rise even more. And this is kind of accelerates. It's very difficult to stop this process once it gets established. It's kind of what people call the tipping point. You get to the point where you can't stop it. It's tipping over. All right, back to the news. From the Hill, this is a conservative publication. A new study out Monday warns of the possibility of out-of-control global warming if humans fail to band together to fight the worst effects of climate change. The analysis, conducted by researchers at the Australian National University and the Stockholm Resilience Center, among other institutions, outlines the potential for a threshold that, if crossed, would lead to runaway warming patterns and the advent of a hothouse Earth. So these patterns kind of have a tendency to run away. They tip. If such a threshold is crossed, the study warns, global average temperatures could climb as much as 8 degrees Fahrenheit above current temperatures, and sea levels could rise 30 to 200 feet. Now, we're already seeing sea levels have risen a few inches. It's going up by like a, a centimeter, so that's not that bad, but it could accelerate. Crossing the threshold would lead to a much higher global average temperature than any interglacial temperature in the past 1.2 million years. And to sea levels significantly higher than at any time in the Holocene, the study says. The report is based on a review of past research of thresholds for climate change, according to USA Today. Even if every country that signed on to the Paris Climate Agreement meets its obligations under the pact and limits the global temperature increase to 3.6 degrees Fahrenheit, that's 2 degrees centigrade, runaway global warming could still be a threat, the newspaper reports. The study said that mitigating the risk would require collective global action, including a drastic transformation of social values and the pursuit of new technology. Such action entails stewardship of the entire Earth system biosphere, climate, and societies, and could include decarbonization of the global economy, and we're talking about renewable fuels, no burning fossil fuels, enhancement of biosphere, carbon sinks, eh, and they could have just said more trees, behavioral changes, technological innovations, new governance arrangements, and transformed social values. Now, note, President Trump withdrew from the Paris Agreement last year, arguing that it placed unfair burdens on the U.S. to curb carbon emissions and would ultimately hurt American businesses and industry. That's a problem. Okay. From Reuters. Now, Reuters is a, a wire service. I, I would say that they're neither conservative or liberal. Their headline, World at Risk of Heading Towards Irreversible Hothouse State. This is kind of similar to the same research. August 6th, the world is at risk of entering hothouse conditions where global average temperatures will be 4 to 5 degrees Celsius higher, even if emissions reductions targets are met. 
The report comes amid a heat wave that has pushed temperatures above 40 degrees C. That's 140 degrees Fahrenheit in Europe this summer. Hey, you should check out Death Valley. Causing drought and wildfires, including blazes in Greece in July that killed 91 people. Around 200 countries agreed in 2015 to limit temperature to well below 2 degrees C, above pre-industrial levels, a threshold believed to be a tipping point for the climate. However, it is not clear whether the world's climate can be safely parked near 2 degrees C above pre-industrial levels, or whether this might trigger other processes which drive further warming, even if the world stops emitting greenhouse gases, the research said. Currently, global average temperatures are just over 1 degree C above the pre-industrial period and rising at 0.17 degrees C each each decade. Um, Now, what we can do, these tipping points are going to yield to abrupt changes. So what are these abrupt changes? Permafrost thaw. The loss of methane hydrates from the ocean floor. Weaker land and ocean carbon sinks. The loss of Arctic summer sea ice and the reduction of Antarctic sea ice and polar ice sheets. So we're talking about permafrost thawing, methane hydrates, weaker land and ocean carbon sinks. That means more CO2 comes out. And then we're talking about sea ice. The sea levels are going to rise. These tipping elements can potentially act like a row of dominoes. Once one is pushed over, it pushes Earth towards another. It may be very difficult or impossible to stop the row of dominoes from tumbling over. Places on Earth will become uninhabitable if hothouse Earth becomes a reality. Maximizing the chances of avoiding such a hothouse state requires more than just reducing greenhouse gas emissions. For example, improved forest, agriculture, and soil management, biodiversity conservation, and technologies that remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and store it underground are needed. In other words, the problems get so bad that we must drastically reduce the existing CO2 in the atmosphere. It's not enough to stop. All right, 90% of the experts say we have a big problem. Even if 3% are right, 97% of the experts are wrong. Let's take out some insurance. Let's do something. Let's cut back on our CO2 emissions. Let's do everything we can to cut back. We don't have to spend a gazillion dollars on it, but let's start doing something. Instead, we're doing the opposite. We're making bad policy decisions. We're making it worse. We pull out of the Paris Climate Agreement. We put tariffs in place on solar panels, making these systems more expensive. We killed the clean power plan, which would require utilities to reduce their emissions. We're pushing aggressively coal, oil, and gas fuels, which are going to emit more carbon dioxide extremely short-term thinking. We are not leading. So why is the U.S. not acting to solve this problem? Why is the U.S. actually making it worse? The reason is money talks. So just follow the money. There's more money in fossil fuels than renewables. The fossil fuel industry generated over a trillion dollars last year in the United States. And that happens every year, because every year you got to buy more oil and gas and coal. The renewable energy industry generated about $200 billion last year, the fifth of the size of the fossil fuel industry. And once those renewable systems are put in place, the continued growth in the renewable energy industry, so we're putting more systems in place that are going to eliminate it. So it's it's not a, a rebuying situation. We're investing. All these are investments, whereas these trillion dollars that we're spending on fossil fuels, that's expense. Same issue all over the, the world. Incumbent industries have much more political clout. So when we're increasing the energy demand in developing countries, the fossil fuel companies make more money. The U.S. wants to sell that coal, that oil, that gas, regardless of the long-term climate impact. So what can we do as a society? Well, the solutions are ultimately going to be based on economics. We have really lousy government policies right now, but economics will eventually dictate. And if we're able to follow those economics right now, we make the right decisions. But we have politicians that are overruling those customer economics. Buyers of energy will select the cheapest fuels, which will be renewable 
renewables. Coal is already economically obsolete in the United States. Even the latest natural gas systems will not be competitive with solar and storage in a few years. For example, California is now requiring solar and storage to beat the most efficient natural gas peaker plants. So California is not putting in new peaker plants in three years, natural gas. They're saying we want solar and storage instead. Why? Because it's cheaper. Nevertheless, fossil fuel companies will continue to buy political clout, but at some point, hopefully, customer economics will prevail. In the meantime, what we're doing, what our leaders are leading us down the path off the cliff, is we're further jeopardizing the climate and the earth that our children will inherit. So what can you do? You're listening to this. What can you do? Don't buy a house near the ocean. First piece of advice, (laughs) install rooftop solar on your home or business. It's going to save you money. It's also really good for the environment. You're going to save money. And consider a battery backup system for blackouts and emergencies. There's lots more people right now in California who don't have power because there's fires. Maybe not in their immediate neighborhood, but because there's fires. And it's going to happen again in the winter when we get more rains. Okay. That's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.